0: Hi, Dr. Gary here on the road. We sell dental practices nationwide. Okay, today's topic is absolute craziness at the closing day. You're not gonna believe this story. We'll get into it shortly. As you know, we're in multiple states now selling dental practices. We have 10 employees, two CPA accountants, marketing director. Uh, operations director and multiple uh, development acquisition personnel specialists. So, to, we're now available to you uh, 363 days a year. Oh, it's so bright out, excuse the sunglasses. It, we're open to you 363 days a year from 8 a.m. till 9 p.m. East Coast time. Our phone number is 201. Six six three zero nine three five. 935 Website is dentalpracticeguide.com or nationwide Um The information you're about to hear is all for entertainment purposes it's not legal or business advice if you're thinking of, uh, and we do have a lot of experience by the way uh, we're doing this for 13 years I was a dentist for 25 so we have information to share with you Especially if you want to sell to a DSO corporate, call us, because we work with them all. They pay our commission uh, based on certain criteria. They all pay our commission. Every single one I've ever done, they paid my commission. So there'll be no commission under most circumstances ever to the seller. Not only that, we reimburse your legal fees based on certain criteria. We'll reimburse your legal fees upon successful closing. So... Please give us a call. We're here to help you. If you want to sell a practice, buy a practice, valuations, you want uh, want us to play a role as the um, buyer's representative, seller's representative, uh, we could do that. Appraisals, whatever you need. So be happy to do that. Uh, and once again, we'll get the commission paid, get the legal fees reimbursed upon successful closing. So... What happened to this complete craziness at closing? Um, I don't know if you read about these things. You really hear what happens on the outside. It's like inside, outside, whatever you want to call it. Craziness. So we have a situation. We have two non-dental attorneys. Okay? They rarely did dental deals. So now immediately you have two attorneys who have never worked on the opposite side of each other and certainly can't watch each other's back. There was no bank. The buyer was buying the practice cash. This is multi, you know, doing pretty good. A little under a million the practice. Sale price, you know, over 500000 So, the buyer was going to pay all monies directly. Now, the buyer was also going to pay the vendors and other creditors, which is like one or two banks or, you know, leasing agencies, that were owed the money. So normally a bank would pay this directly to the vendors and any other professional monies owed, or it would go into the attorney's trust account. A day before, the buyer would send all the money to either his trust account, his attorney's, or the seller's trust account. So the money will sit there overnight. Now the seller's attorney can distribute the monies to the respective parties. Generally, this is always done by electronic wire. Now, the buyer's attorney could also do that, which would mean the buyer would have to put the money in his attorney's trust account. The attorney would then wire out the money to the respective uh, candidates. But neither of that was done. Something happened that the seller's attorney was unable to set up an escrow account to accept the monies from the buyer a day or two before okay so they're now relying on the buyer to distribute all the monies which is crazy the buyer turned out to be sending out wires to the banks that have a lien on the practice but not to the vendors they decide they're going to send the vendors a check. I don't know whose decision that was because it was a situation where I hadn't worked with these attorneys, they weren't uh, communicating. And one of the attorneys was a nightmare. It was a nightmare. He wouldn't work, he wouldn't send me information. So we were unable to stay on top of everything. So you have this, this crazy shit show going on on the day of closing. The buyer is wiring some of the money out to the banks, and the rest of the money is going out to the buyer, to the seller, and the seller's paying the vendors by check. But you think that's bad? Listen to this part. This is great. You're not going to read this in your journals where everything is smooth and glossed over, or you get some guy with a fancy. Uh, uh, video with those plants, with the plants and the lighting and the blue screen. Oh yeah. Huh. So guess what? The buyer now has to wire the money to the account to the bank. So he's doing it himself. So the buyer gets the wiring structures of the bank lien that was on the practice. Okay. Now, what you're supposed to do, what the attorneys are generally do, and attorneys are not doing, is it, is the buyer wiring the money direct, which is crazy in itself. When you wire money, you have to call the receiving person, who they are, identify who they are, confirm who they are, and verify their wiring instructions. He doesn't do that. So either his attorney didn't tell him what to do, the seller's attorney didn't tell him what to do, the buyer's attorney doesn't tell him what to do. I never saw a closing statement, I don't even know if they made a closing statement. Which in itself is so crazy. This is like craziness would happen. Okay, he wires the money, the buyer wires the money to the bank who had the lien on the practice. Guess what? Buyer was received from the seller or somebody the wrong wiring instructions. So the buyer is wiring. Two hundred, some odd thousand dollars to the wrong recipient. I mean, what? Are you kidding me? This is crazy. The buyer finds out it's the wrong recipient because I think the receiving recipient says, "Hey, what? What is this two hundred plus thousand dollars you just sent me?" And they could have just sat back. Now, when you send the wire. Technically, it's gone. You can't receive it. You can recall the wire, but after an hour or two, if the receiving recipient of the wire gets it, it's gone. You can't get that back. But luckily, within an hour of, I don't think the, the excuse me, the, the, the wrong party never, I, I think something happened. Somebody noticed right away at the wrong party receiving it and said, I'm not the right person to get this. It's pretty honorable. So the buyer was able to recall the wire. If not, the buyer would have had to put up double the amount of money. So this craziness, the buyer had to recall, and I think he did it within, or she did it within a half hour or whatever when they found out what the mistake is. This is absolute craziness. This never happens. And it happens. Remember, we don't have dental attorneys, we have no dental bank, there's no checks and balances. And you don't have the two attorneys who worked on the opposite side of the table before are checking and balancing each one. Complete chaos. This stuff happens. And better yet, the buyer didn't pay the other vendor directly, decides to send all the money to the seller. It was then the seller's responsibility to pay the vendors. That vendor was like a leasing company or something like that. And that was like 50000 So the seller, that is seller is supposed to pay these different vendors directly. Now the buyer should have been wiring everybody the money, but the buyer wasn't. The buyer was just wiring the bank liens and the seller. And they decided, and I don't know what the attorneys are doing. I don't want to blame the attorneys because they wasn't there that day. They were challenging attorneys to work with, definitely screwed this up. They should have had a blueprint for the buyer when the buyer was wiring out money. said who gets paid. But no, I think it was some low-budget attorney who didn't really care, so whatever. Don't want to blame anybody at this point. I'm just stating facts. So now the seller is now responsible to pay the vendors leasing. Lab, and his other people. The seller decides to send out checks instead of wiring money to the various vendors. Well, some of the vendors, you know, it's a large, it's like a 20 some odd thousand dollar check to some of the vendors, leasing company, whatever. So the seller sends by regular mail them checks. When the one vendor, I think it was the lab, got the check, they said, hey, I was supposed to get a wire. And the seller says, well, I don't know what happened. So the vendor, the lab, goes and deposits the check. But then he gets a note from his bank, they're going to hold the check for seven working days, which means weekends and holidays don't count. So the buyer, so the the vendor's going crazy. You know, he's a small-time lab guy. He's going crazy. You know, twenty some odd thousand dollars means a lot of money to them. It certainly should to anybody. He's calling and calling the seller and says, "Hey, when is my check coming?" He finally gets the check. Bank puts a big hold on it. It's twenty thousand some odd dollars, and. The bank would normally, after a day or two after the deposit, the bank could call the, uh, the bank. It's getting cashed out of They call them, and they'll give him a release. Not a big deal. It was over twenty thousand. But in this situation, the bank was a very difficult bank to work with. They wouldn't give him information over the phone. They wouldn't give his bank where he deposited the check, whatever it is, whatever the name of that bank was. They won't. They don't reveal information. They don't talk about the uh, the checks. So the poor vendor is now waiting and waiting and waiting. You had to wait, I think, 10 days or something like that. It's still waiting. So received payment, deposited payment, but can't do anything about it. The whole thing is crazy. Sorry for the tilt. So now... When the vendor calls the seller, vendor's bank calls the seller to get the check released, the seller won't take the phone call. This is like crazy. What you had to do, they just wanted to verify that the seller, because it was 20 some thousand, just wanted to verify that the maker of the check acknowledged writing the check. That's all they needed either verification from the bank the bank wouldn't talk to them certain banks will do that no matter how big they are or hear it from the maker of the check but the maker, the doctor that wrote the check will not acknowledge he's just telling everybody unavailable in surgery I feel sorry for the veteran. he gets stuck, has to wait the 12 days you know a small time guy, taking him to wait 20 some odd thousand, he can use the money it's not very fair to do that but that's what they did absolute craziness so when the vendor calls the uh, seller of the practice the seller of the practice doesn't pick up the phone it's just crazy so these things happen you don't ever relax until that money is in your bank never relax until it's in your bank and you can read it on your statement on your phone complete craziness and it happens right now oh by the way uh, we got all new practices um so call us and we'll get it together for you if you're on our list you know you'll get it every four weeks or so usually we have like eight practices new ones for sale just call us and we'll, we'll get it together um And if you like what you're hearing, we're gonna do many of these all the time. It's over 350. They say we get more YouTube videos than anybody. Uh, Just hit the subscribe button so you'd be alerted instantly. I hope you find these stories interesting and you learn from them. I do not make up stories. They're They're too wild and unbelievable to make them up, but they happen and I'm exposed to this every day. After all these years, 13 years, you think you sort of got a handle on things? There's always another surprise. I'll see you team, bye.